What's up, sports fans? Welcome to another edition of the DC Sports Huddle. As always, sponsored by MGM National Harbor. It's time to change the game at Bet's MGM Sports. A little bit of a reshuffle of the deck here. Rob Woodfork here at the controls while uh, Dave Johnson is uh, on the a beach somewhere. And uh, kind of looks like uh, Dave and George are on the beach right now. George Wallace out at... Uh, <laughs> Washington Commanders, whatever they're calling that facility now. Uh, Dave from Preston the beach. getting his car fixed uh, because yes, you know, an undisclosed uh, at an undisclosed safety. location in Virginia. Yep. The address scrolling across your screen now, and uh, one Jay Brooks who is uh, joining us. Been a while, Jay, and of course uh, you can hear him on WTOP on Sundays, and uh, he tends to rant. Uh, in our uh, newsletter <laughs> that comes right <laughs> to your email inbox uh, at the end of the week. Thursdays or Fridays, it depends on what I'm feeling like. But uh, right now I'm feeling like talking about the 53-man roster for the Washington Commanders. They had the cut-down day on Tuesday, and um, uh, there were some surprises there. I mean, you have fi- uh, five tight ends, five safeties. Uh, you cut uh, Jarrett Patterson, who I thought was one of the more – um, inspirational tales from 2021. You need some depth at that position with everything that happened with uh, Brian Robinson uh, over the weekend. Uh, George Wallace, you are there. Uh, what's kind of the vibe there at uh, at Commanders Park? Well, the um, you know none of the players that they released yesterday got picked up. So they did uh, by any other team. So they did get most of the guys back on practice squad. It was just announced, including uh, Jared Patterson, to your point, Troy Apke also coming back on the uh, practice squad here uh, in Ashburn. So, uh, you know, I've seen it. I Patterson was kind of one of those guys on the bubble. I, I see your point. I thought maybe they would keep extra just because of the Robinson situation, but they're going to stick with what they've got right now. And they're going to go with Gibson and McKissick and hopefully Robinson's situation is not uh, going to be a long-term one. We'll see. He met with the doctors yesterday at the time we're doing this. We haven't heard from Ron yet. We'll hear from after practice uh, to see what um, what the doctors said and what the prognosis could be. Maybe it'll be a shorter time frame than they thought it would be. So that would be that would be positive news. Uh, on the field just now, though, we did just see Cam Pearl, uh, one of the safeties in a sling. He did practice yesterday. That was not around yesterday. So that's going to be interesting to see what uh, what comes out of that. That's kind of some big news there as one of your uh, guys that you're counting on in that defensive secondary all of a sudden in a sling a few days before the opener. So a uh, lot of moving parts as always. Uh, and, uh, you know, look, the, the key is going to be injuries as it always is with anybody in the NFL and especially this team. So I think it's going to be kind of a work in progress still these next couple of weeks to kind of get that roster where they want it to be. And uh, we'll see what the, the coach has to say. Yeah, and there's been a flurry of activity today. This is, again, being recorded on Wednesday. So a lot of flurry of activity. Uh, people are active on the waiver wire uh, and, and everything. I think two positions that they have to upgrade and that I'm so surprised that they didn't really fully and properly address in free agency back in March is the linebacker position. Like, I mean, they they, they are really thin at that area. And then you, then you cut Kalik Hudson. So, I mean, they're thin from a depth standpoint, let alone uh, from a quality standpoint. And there's one interesting trade that I think that they could make that could solve problems for not just their team, but another team. Deron Payne, we talked about this, and this, this storyline kind of went away. Deron Payne, last year of his contract, playing on the fifth-year option, probably not going to be back because of money reasons. Why not? 
flip him to Chicago and see if you can't get Roquan Smith. I mean, that solves two problems. You know, the Bears need some help up front. Washington needs a linebacker. <laughs> what do you think of that, uh, Jay Brooks? You stole my thunder because the linebacker position was the one that I, I know they needed a lot of help. Now, they did get Hudson back on the practice squad, which is nice to see. You know, 23 of the defensive players, 27 offensive players of the initial 53. You know they had to add a little bit of depth. That's the big thing. Depth, linebacker, but to the rescue, Rashad Wild Goose out of nowhere from the 49ers <laughs> comes over with three Castro fields of the Jets. So I'm happy to see a little bit of depth. It's depth. That's what I'm looking for because – the defense right now just looks like it's going to get torched. The front looks pretty good. They need some backups, but um, we'll see what happens. We got a few days until the opener against the Jaguars, where I am predicting, because I might not be on this show much longer or in the next couple of weeks, um, that the Jags are going to eke by Washington 21-20. Um, because week one is week one. You never know what you're going to get. And I think – You'll probably then go into the Lions game with a chance to beat Detroit. You needed to win both of them because I've been listening to George talk about it. You can't start 0-2 and have anything. Must win. Must win. I, I, I listen. I hear you. I understand. But that week one, I just think the Jags, yeah, they won, they lost 17 in a row on the road, but – there's a chance. So, um, again, linebacker, I'm glad to see that Hudson came back. There's still plenty of time to see some moves come and see what they can do to the defense. The offense looks okay. You got too many wide receivers. You got a lot of tight ends. Running back, yay. I'm glad to see Patterson back on the, on the practice squad as well. Maybe he does make an appearance this season. And um, Brian Robertson, I'm glad he's – He's back. I, I know I'm rambling, but talking here at my uh, at my day gig, a lot of the doctors are just like they're it's a miracle that the bullet didn't do more damage to the knee. So it's either going to be a nice feel good story for Washington or sadly, it'll just be another chapter in a long, boring book. I love Jay's approach to. I'm not on the huddle often, so I'm going to be like the guy at the end of the bench, and I'm just going to start jacking up threes. Yeah. <laughs> that is Jay, great. Dave Preston. Get predictions. The- Jay, Jay, what about prediction for week 17, that game against the Cowboys? Give me a score. <laughs> yeah. How about that week 18 game where they uh, retire Sonny's jersey? That's, yeah. that's what I meant, yeah. Well, By the way, real started. quick, before Dave, before Dave goes, real quick, I do think, and Ron said yesterday a number of times, he was – he says they're not done. And I don't think they are done. There's still a couple of weeks left. I think they're going to, you're going to see something maybe to Rob's point about a trade or something like that, but I don't think they are done uh, with this roster because um, there's still some, you know, still some holes going in. So I, it, it could be an interesting week or so before they get settled on what they want. Uh, what's your impressions on the roster, Dave Preston, as they made the initial cut down to 53? Well, I, again, as, as Coach Ron Rivera said, uh, this is far from over. I think it's, you know, the uh, the batter is in the oven right now. And it's it, you have two weeks to let this thing cook. It's not like previous years where you'd make your cuts the Saturday after the preseason finale and you played in seven days. You, in effect, have a bye week. You, in effect, have multiple practices to get guys up to speed. I think eventually things are going to shake out. They needed to keep extra tight ends because of the certain health of a few of the guys, not completely 100% with uh, you know what guys are able to do. Although I do dream of uh, Scott Turner and his offensive genius sporting a five tight end formation on first and 10 against the Jaguars. That would 
definitely catch the Jags off guard. And I don't think they'd lose 21-20 if they lined up with five. I can guarantee <laughs> they wouldn't lose by one to the Jags if they lined up with five tight ends as their first down base offense. Uh, they'd lose by Sunday. 30. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. Exactly. They'd yeah. find a way so, to lose by 30 on one play. I mean, with a I'm, formation like that. I'm happy to see Jared Patterson come back, even uh, albeit on the practice squad. Uh, just to send the message that guys who really bring it in August, yes, the preseason isn't everything. Yes, I do the hokey jokey Babe Laufenberg trophy to whoever shines in games that don't actually count in the standings. But it's to see somebody like that play so well last year, and he actually played fairly well this year. Nobody on the team was awesome in August, let's be honest. Uh, to see his preseason play do get rewarded, that sends a message to the rest of the roster saying, you know what? Even though these games don't mean anything, every play counts. And that should be the that should be the case. Every play in practice counts. Every rep counts. And if you get that established where if you make it count, you get rewarded, that helps out the locker room. And that helps the culture that we've been talking so much about over the last couple of years. And to that point about culture, though, uh, and this is an interesting thing that I was thinking about uh, earlier, when – Ron Rivera came in, he was quick to just kind of blow out most of the veteran guys that were there before, or at least started the process of trying to replace them. Um, He went to a very young team over the course of those first couple of years. At some point though, you got to have a veteran presence. You got to have leadership that, you know, I, I don't know that Washington has a guy that is a veteran guy who's going to grab a guy by the face mask and say, you're screwing up, you need to be better, and is going to try to get the most out of you know the players that are on that roster. And, of course, that's up to the coaches as well. I get that. But you always need at least one guy on the roster who uh, checks that box. That's why I keep beating the drum about Bobby Wagner. I thought that was a missed opportunity. That's a guy who could, be, who could have been transformational for a defense that was talented last year, but – I would make the case that if they would have had better leadership, maybe they don't have, uh, you know, regress as badly as they did in 2021. Uh, anybody, uh, anybody think I'm well, crazy? Jonathan Allen, is, Jonathan Allen is that guy. Right. Yeah, I but mean, he's the closest thing to it, but then he's, he's yeah. throwing haymakers at his uh, college and pro teammate on the uh, sideline during a primetime game. So, you know what I'm saying? Maybe so that's like, his leadership. <laughs> I mean, Terry. You know, That's true. Terry, if a man Terry puts his finger in my face, I'm swinging too. Terry, Terry McLaurin's a leader, but he's not. We don't think yeah. he's doing that. that. Carson Wentz yeah. is a quarterback. He just got here. I don't see that at his disposition. Kendall Fuller's another guy who's been through. He's won a ring. Like he's a veteran guy. Um, but you know, I, Jonathan Allen's the closest you kind of see yeah. to that. Yeah. What to your point? But usually you have a guy who's kind of, you know, the quote unquote quarterback of the defense a guy yeah. who's playing linebacker or safety. And they had a couple of guys out there like a Wagner, um, uh, like Honey Badger, who was out there. Those are guys that can be transformational. Yes, they're older. Yes, they're expensive. But, you know, for year three of a program that's supposed to be making the next step up. I mean, that's supposed to be the cherry on top that gets you past Dallas and gets you past Philly in the division. You got to no. get past the Giants too, I would think. No, I, I, I it's, I mean, it, it's, this I is the NFL problem. This is the NFL that we live in today with the salary cap, where you're you're constantly looking to shed salaries in order to pay your top players as much as possible and and keep them in the building. And it's unfortunate that the Burgundy and Gold are stuck in this thing where 
there was really nobody for the most part, no veteran guy who was okay, a, a better leader than a player that Ron Rivera wanted to keep when he took over. And there's, instead of bringing somebody in from the outside, I get that you're trying to, you know, build your roster. This is still not a, that good of a roster to begin with. It's almost, you know, it's having a, a veteran leader is almost a luxury. And this is a team that has won seven games in back-to-back years. So I think it's, they're in a tough spot, Robbie. You know, yeah, because, in general, yeah, because I mean, they, they need somebody anybody, to take, right. they, yeah, they, they, they need to get in gear to be in the position. I mean, they're, they're still missing ice cream and some caramel, let alone the cherry on top. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that makes me hungry because I haven't really had lunch yet, but um, I is mean, it caramel or caramel? Gonna, and what's uh, the difference it's between definitely, it's definitely caramel. caramel. What, caramel. what is the difference between yeah. caramel and butterscotch? God, that's actually that's, a great question. Uh, yeah, we should actually, we should actually do a whole podcast on that. Like yeah. we should do that around Halloween. Uh, I'm going to give you one name that I think would be an interesting addition because they're, I mean, we were talking about linebacker. We were talking about a couple of spots running back. What about the the lack of depth in the secondary? I would add a guy like a Joe Hayden. He's a local guy. He's been a pro bowler. He's uh, – oh, boy, I, I'm trying to remember. I don't think he was on that – and Jay will know better being a Pittsburgh guy, but I don't think he was on the team when the Steelers uh, were last in the Super Bowl back in 2010. But uh, I, I think he might have been a rookie in, uh, in, in Cleveland at that point. But um, – but he's been on some teams that have been relevant and that have mattered. And he's a guy that could, and I don't know if it's his leadership style or not, but that's a guy who would be a nice uh, veteran presence in a locker room. Jay, you've seen him play quite a bit uh, uh, up in Pittsburgh. I'm surprised that he's still on the street as it were. There's a bunch of guys out there, but you know what? You said it before. There's still time as, as Dave said, there's extra time, which uh, a lot of people aren't happy about, but I think a lot of the coaching staff is like, good. Now we got a little bit extra time here. We're not as pressured um, to kind of put something together. I said before week one, it's sort of just like that fourth preseason game. If you think about it, because you don't know what you got. So you almost, Think about it. You got three weeks to kind of put something together before you start to sweat it out like Ron Rivera is in year three. So there you go. Hey, I'll tell you one thing. You tell you, I'll tell you one thing. You lose to Jackson week one, you better start sweating. Okay. <laughs> you better be you better be and I'm always right. You better be, right? You better be sweating like Patrick Ewing in pregame warmups. That's what needs to happen if you lose to Jacksonville. Uh, and and then and subsequently, look, I'm telling you, uh, the Detroit game too. Because I think, honestly, even though that's on the road, I think that one's, um, right. you know, that that's the more winnable of the two. If we're, if we're, you know, if we're being honest, even though you're playing at home uh, against Jacksonville. All right, so we have some time to mull over that Jacksonville game. Uh, obviously, that's uh, as of this Jay. recording, it's like two weeks away. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but Rob, Rob, before but, but, we move on, yeah, two, two. Uh, your point, you know, you, you, you guys, uh, we've been talking, we mentioned Kendall full earlier. There's a guy who he's old enough. He has a championship. He came back. He's, you know, he's making money. He's a guy who should be a leader. It reminds me of in the mid to late eighties. And this is obviously dating me, but uh, Don Baylor was with the Red Sox. They traded him. Dwight Evans went into the general manager's office, said, you can't trade him. Don Baylor's a great leader. He's a leader on this team. And the GM's like, Dwight, you're 36 years old. You know, <laughs> at, at what point do you become the leader? And I think Fuller is a guy who is it he at the age and experience where 
yes, his play is important on the field, but he also has to bring it as a leader as well. He has to be accountable as a leader of the secondary, as a leader in that defensive uh, side of the locker room. Yeah, that's true. And just and, and briefly though, not everybody's wired that way. So I'm not I, I'm not close enough to the team to know whether he's kind of that guy. I mean, because uh, and I know this is different sports and it's not apples to apples. But I mean, this was the same thing with uh, Scottie Pippen in Chicago after Jordan retired. Everybody was like, "All right, well now he's the man." Well, not everybody's wired to be the man, you know. So. Um, you know, I, I mean, I like Kendall Fuller. I think he's a terrific player. I don't know if he's if he can be the alpha on a defense. If he's my second corner, if he's my slot guy, I feel great about that. But if he's my number one, number one, and I'm relying on him to, you know, have the C on his chest, I don't know if he's that guy. Um, but we have some time to figure that out. Uh, again, we're closing in on about the two-week mark uh, until the season starts. But um, more imminently, college football. That gets Dave Preston's engine running, pun intended. So he's been doing some great <laughs> previews on WTOP.com, just kind of getting everybody ready for all of the teams of local interest as we move into the first college football Saturday of the season. Um, I think each of us uh, should give a, a, a bold uh, prediction for the coming season. I'm going to say Maryland's going to be bowl eligible in that Talia Tagovailoa is going to end up putting his name in the conversation of the sort of that second tier of uh, of quarterbacks when the uh, uh, when he comes out in the NFL draft. So I don't know that uh, uh, that 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 might be a little too bold. That uh, I mean, there's a cloud of smoke in here. I'll let you figure out what that is. But uh, Dave Preston, what's uh, uh, <laughs> what, what's some of the stuff that we're looking for here coming up in the 2022 season? All right, Rob. First off, uh, with Maryland, yeah, Talia, the ceiling is is there. He can have a great season. He broke the school record for passing yards last year. He tied the school record for touchdown passes in a season. And the key, though, for Maryland this year in the Big Ten, they ha- and Coach Mike Loxley has mentioned this early and often in the uh, offseason. He mentioned it this past Tuesday when I was at the press conference. They have to be able to sustain the run in the Big Ten. They also have to be able to stop people. Last year, they gave up so many big plays, and there were so many breakdowns, whether it was a missed tackle here or a missed assignment there. They have to clean that up. Otherwise, they're going to be that cute team that goes 3-0 and or maybe 4-0 and in September puts 50 points on SMU, scores, uh, you know, 35 against a Charlotte, puts, you know, 70 on Buffalo, but then gets smacked around by the likes of Wisconsin and Michigan. And this is a team that in, in previous years, they went, in per, they went into Purdue and gave up 40. So it's not just the elite that they're having trouble against defensively. It's against the rank and file. They gave up uh, 35 points to Indiana last season. That's Maryland. I think Virginia, new head coach Tony Elliott has a great quarterback coming back and Brennan Armstrong. Problem is he has no offensive line. Two FBS starts amongst the guys coming back. So they have to be able to keep them upright and they also have to run the football. Virginia ranked 14th last season in the ACC running the football. They were also 14th in the ACC and stopping the run. So that's what UVA has ahead of them. They play Richmond this Saturday. Virginia Tech has a new head coach in Brent Pry. He has a new quarterback, uh, the transfer from Marshall. Uh, the, the focus for them is getting back to the basics. Uh, for years, Virginia Tech was that lunch pail, hard hat team. You know, they, they didn't beat you by offense necessarily, but they got you with special teams and defense. I think under head coach Justin Fuente, the last six years, they were initially successful, but they got away from what made 
Thursday night games in Blacksburg, nearly impossible to win at. And so I think that's the question they face. Can they get back to the basics and uh, and be the Virginia Tech of old, not to be confused with the smoked turkey legs that they have at Lane Stadium? <laughs> Navy, last but not least, gentlemen, and we're not, we're not talking about James Madison yet, but Navy uh, it looks to be the as athletic and as uh, quick as they've been in recent vintage under head coach Kenny Amatololo. They also probably will not have to play 11 bowl eligible teams this year like they did last year. Last year's schedule was an absolute nightmare. And uh, so things will be a lot softer for them, even though Delaware is no pushover, but Navy should be bowl eligible this year. I think there's a chance for all four area schools to be bowl eligible this year because of the way that the there's there's enough talent at Maryland, Virginia, Virginia tech and Navy. It's just a matter of guys making the right plays at the right time. Man, four bowl eligible teams at one time, Jordan. I think so. Hey, you know what? After this past (laughs) winter with college basketball where everybody in the area sucked, I'm looking forward to it. Hey, man, I'll take that. And uh, and I don't know that we're going to get some uh, playoff football from the professional level this season. So, I mean, it it would be great for the – college teams to uh to step up uh george is a terp uh how do we feel about Maryland got, coming up this year i think i think you know to dave's point about going four no you put 70 on howard and then you go get spanked four oh that sounded that felt real I think, that was real familiar yeah i think that that you're going to see them and it's sad you say the next step in their in their progression is you know being competitive in the big 10 or being a Whatever. I think, though, this year, I'm going. here's your bull prediction. Either Michigan, Penn State, or Wisconsin. They're going to win one of those three on them. No, I would take that. Because, yeah. look, I mean, that, that that's how you get to that next level. You got to knock right. off some it's of the baby, big boys. Baby there's a lot of big boys in the Big Ten, especially as they continue to get bigger and bigger. Uh, right. Jay Brooks, any bold prediction? Loxley's been talking – Loxley's been talking the talk, but we got to see if the team will walk the walk. Okay. Yeah. No problem against Buffalo and Charlotte. Great. But what do Maryland Navy, Virginia tech and Virginia all have in common? They're not going to be in the college football playoffs when they matter. So I'm just looking ahead that it's going to be a frustrating year for the Terps. Once again, once they get into the big 10, I I'm lightning on the field to get your results, but I just think that, and I'm leading towards this playoff system, is I'm picking Alabama already, okay, because that's where we are. Until we get that fixed, every effort that Dave Preston puts into this doesn't get the full amount that it should because we don't have any of these teams talking about the college football national championship ever. We always complain about them airing 40 bowl games every year that nobody watches. So, yeah, I like watching them, too. They're interesting. They're quirky names. But it's frustrating that this area doesn't have a horse running for the college football playoff. One little caveat that I saw about uh, Alabama that I thought was interesting. Saban got his contract extension where he is making $29,000 a day. And it costs average $29,000 a year per student at Alabama. Just a quirky thing I'm throwing in there. So uh, would I like to see the Terps win it all? Take the Big Ten, get a big bowl game? Great. I don't think it's going to happen again. I'd like to, but I'm not holding my breath. All right. And uh, perhaps – not as frustrating as your Wi-Fi, my guy. Uh, I don't know what's uh, I don't know what's going on there, man. But it's like you're 
are, are, are you okay? Can you hold up a, today's newspaper and just let me know that you're okay and that you're safe? <laughs> Can't you see me? Can't you hear me? Uh, I, uh, I mean, no, you're in and out, but uh, we love you, Jay. But uh, let's go to the uh, run so, the hurry up here as uh, we guys, run out of time Dave, here. Uh, Max Headroom Preston. Yeah, right. <laughs> let's uh, let's run the hurry up here, Jay. Uh, what's uh, what's on your mind as we uh, go into another uh, wild week here in sports? It's kind of a sad story. It's the John Wall story that I just read about this morning about the uh, you know the last three years have put all of our lives into a tailspin. It's ended things that we didn't want to have end. It's began some things that we didn't expect we would see. But here we are. And to read something about John Wall, who, when he was in D.C., it was just like, man, this guy's got all the money, all the talent. And then the COVID hits. It hits his family. He gets injured. And then he starts thinking sideways thoughts that you shouldn't. He has brought at least uh, his name to 988 to dial that if you're having any kind of thoughts. And I say that in this sports uh, theater because it's very important um, that we all look up to athletes uh, for some reason or another. We take their word no matter what Charles Barkley says. Yes, they are role models. But when you find out that one of your role models was having some thoughts about doing something to themselves, it makes you pause for a second and kind of think, hmm, and think that you do have some help out there. So if you are thinking about something and it ain't sitting right, you call 988, you get the help and talk about it because your life matters just as much as every professional athlete out there in the world. And that's exactly what I said in my sports casts on Tuesday. I even had it in my overnight sports cast because that everybody needed to hear that John Wall soundbite yeah. and everybody needed to know that there is an easier way to get that help. Now that they streamlined the uh, suicide hotline, it's nine, eight, eight. Now, you know, it's, uh, it, it's pretty easy to remember. You are stronger than you think. And that's what I said on air. You're stronger than you think. And I had some struggles during the last couple of years that I won't go into here, but I mean, it, it's, it was challenging. It was challenging. And sometimes you do have those thoughts. And when you do get, help. Don't do anything permanent. And, um, you know, we have to sort of move on respectfully though, as uh, we try to get in uh, George and uh, Dave's thoughts uh, as we wind down another DC sports huddle. Uh, Dave Preston, uh, what are you thinking of uh, coming up here this week? Well, thinking of uh, just the incredible story that is uh, Joey Manessis, the uh, overnight sensation after over a decade, not just playing in the minor leagues, but playing in Japan, playing in Mexican leagues as well. Uh, hitting 348 with six homers, 11 RBI in his first month in the big leagues. Uh, it's those of us who, uh, when I just would watch games on TV, it's like, Oh, the worst player, he stinks. But just to get to the major league level, you have to be in the top 1% of your field. There are a lot of guys who are great players who don't get to the major leagues. And Joy Manasis was one of those guys who he showed promise. He had a lot of skill, but things just never worked out for him until this year. And in, during a season where the Nats are ridiculously under 500, they're going to be eliminated from the wild card race, perhaps by as early as Labor Day. It's, it's nice to see somebody's hard work get rewarded. And if you're a fan, you can go out and catch them in a game and, 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 and just see somebody not just dream the life, but live the dream. Joey Manessis uh, is having a fantastic summer, a summer we all dream about.
Absolutely. Absolutely. George Wallace, you're the closer, buddy. Uh, I'm going to enjoy the Serena run as long as it, uh, as long as it's still going. I mean, that was a pretty special night in round one the other day. We, she hasn't played round two yet. Hopefully it goes beyond that, but it was fun to watch the other night and you know, who knows? I like how she said, I've been kind of vague about the whole retirement thing. We'll see if that actually happens, but maybe she'll get a nice little week and a half run here at the U S open. Everybody can enjoy it. And I'll tell you uh, briefly, uh, the draw sets up well for her. Uh, yeah. As of this taping, she has yet to play her uh, second-round opponent, who's the two-seed in the tournament. But she gets by that, I mean, a, a run to the to the semis and maybe even the final is not at all out of yeah. the question. If uh, she loses, we... if she loses, George Wallace. George Wallace is the one who is jinxed her. <laughs> I, I, I will always that give George credit for a jinx. Uh, well, it's the DC Sports Huddle, y'all. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, it's sponsored by MGM National Harbor. It's time to change uh, time to change the game. Easy for me to say at MGM Bet MGM Sports. As a matter of fact, you know what they they've been good to us. So I'm just gonna do that all over again. Sponsored by MGM National Harbor. It's time to change the game at Bet MGM Sports. I am Rob Woodfork, trying to do it better next time. And actually, I'm going to go get outside like George Wallace and Dave Preston are right now. It's a beautiful day out on this Wednesday. Uh, Jay Brooks, uh, live in a basement somewhere. He assures us that he is safe. We are going to take his word for it. And we'll hear if he's been safe uh, when he's in on uh, Sunday mornings on WTOP. For now, breaking the huddle. Break. And also holding. (laughs) 